Welcome back to the Erklinch 5 podcast. You're listening to part two of our review of the top 10 heavyweights according to Ring Magazine as of March 2021. In the last episode, we had a look at fighters 10 through to 6, including the likes of Michael Hunter, Joseph Parker, and Mexican Andy Ruiz. We evaluated where we thought they stacked up in the division, dream fights we'd like to see, and evaluated how far we think they can go in the rankings. This week we're hoping for more of the same, except we will now be looking at the elitist of the elites. We'll be looking at fighters five through to the champion right at the top. Joining me as always is my co-host Michael O'Donnell. If you enjoy the podcast, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at uh, underscore clinch. That's Y underscore clinch on Twitter. And be sure to turn on notifications to be informed of future episodes. So without wasting too much time, let's jump right in. Okay, so coming in at number five, Luis Ortiz fought for the WBC twice against Deontay Wilder, couldn't get it done, but did push Wilder, admittedly, to the brink, down on basically every judge's scorecard until he got the knockout. Where does Luis Ortiz go now, Mike? Where where do we see him going? He's he's you know, he's not gonna get any better. I'm not sure if it's really marketable to see him fight Wilder again in the WBC. Where would you like to see him fight? Yeah, it's a funny one with Luis Ortiz. He, he's 41 years of age. He's challenged uh, Deontay Wilder already twice for that WBC belt. Came up short. In both fights, he, I thought, you know, he, he, he performed well. He gave a good account of himself. He was probably winning both fights, in my eyes anyway, apart from the knockdowns, especially in the first fight. I thought he was up on the cards. I thought he was getting better worlds in the exchanges. He was really outboxing him, kind of similar to how um, Tyson Fury was in that first fight, but the knockdowns kind of evened it up in that performance. Where I see uh, Luis Ortiz going, really, it's at his age, just the kind of the right fights at the right time. He needs to really pick carefully how he's going to get back to that top world title contention, if that makes sense. If I'm honest with you, looking at Charles Martin, rated at number two with the IBF, that could be his best route, personally. I'm not sure how... Um, is Luis Ortiz ranked in the IBF somewhere? That's the only problem. Luis Ortiz, as far as I can see, isn't ranked by the IBF. However, he does sit in at number six on the WBA. So, right. I don't know, assuming AJ and Fury are tied up for a little while with their super fight, if words is to be true and that's the next fight to happen, he could potentially kind of... Well, we got... Mahmoud Shah sitting in at the WBA regular champion. If he could somehow squeeze his way into a regular championship fight there, then, you know, he's still technically a champion, but it's hard to see him at his age squeezing his way into a, a title fixture again. At his age now, you just wonder, does he just go for the money fight? Sure, he had two fights against Deontay Wilder, but Deontay Wilder wasn't exactly the superstar he is now. I mean, as we said in the previous podcast, until he fought Tyson Fury, no one really knew, especially Sadeside, no one knew who the fuck he was. I completely agree with you uh, the way you said that. Does Luis Ortiz go for the money fight or try and get a world title shot? Personally, I think he's fought twice for the world title. I think he's lost that opportunity now, in my opinion. I think he needs to chase the money fights now. I, I think Luis Ortiz probably made a good purse against Wilder. But however, I think, is it enough for him to live the rest of his life to secure his family's future's life, if that makes sense, his ancestors for the years to come. I think he really needs to now kind of make the most of any opportunities that comes his way and 
chase that chase those money fights mate wherever the money fights come that's where you need to go world titles i think they're out of the question now especially as you said with aging fury tied up now for the next couple of years or so he needs to really fight as many top contenders as he can and just chase to make as much money as possible before he retires because how many fights has he realistically got left in him Luis ortiz Mm. Well, he did. He, Depends he, on the level, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he turned pro very late on. He turned pro about thirty-two. So you know what they say: it's 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 not the age, it's the miles on the clock. So it'll mm. be interesting to see how long he can go on for. The problem with Luis Ortiz as well is that he's such a terrible fight for anyone in a division. I think he's a southpaw. We spoke about Usyk in the last in the last episode. Not many southpaws at that elite level in the heavyweight division. Dynamite in each hand, just really, really well put together, or just really, really push you. He does, I think we saw in the Wilder fight, he does tend to wane a little bit later on. But to be honest, I really don't know how good Luis Ortiz is. His best fight, again, is against Bryant Jennings, who seems to be doing the rounds with a lot of these fighters. But that's like such a massive gap between Jennings and, and Wilder. It'd be interesting to see how he does against these kind of middle-bound fighters, these, these ones <laughs> lingering around the top 10 of the, the ring magazine. Luis Ortiz is very much a gatekeeper to these elite levels, as we can see. But for Ortiz, there's, there's, you know, you wouldn't want to fight Michael Hunter. You wouldn't want to fight Usyk, really. Do you know what I mean? What do you have to gain from it? He's just an awkward, he's, he's, he's a very, he's a very difficult one to sort of put your finger on. Yeah, I think he has the um, he has the attributes needed a heavyweight. He's got, for, for a 42-year-old man, He's got fast hands. He, he demonstrated his quick hands in the last performance he was in. Looked pretty good in that fight. He's like you said, he has dynamite in both hands. He's a southpaw. He's not a small heavyweight. He's about six foot four. I think he roughly weighs around 17, 18 stone. He's a big boy. I, I really do think he could cause problems for anyone. And he's not really a desirable fight for others. But at the same time, in his situation, he's also got to pick what the right fights are for him. So it's a really tricky one for him at this stage of his career. He needs the money fight. However, other opponents are going to look at him and think, do I need Luis Ortiz? So it's really difficult for Luis Ortiz at the moment. And it's going to take a good promoter. He's advised by Al Heyman. Al Heyman's really got to convince his boxers that is it worth stepping up to fight Luis Ortiz? That's the, that's the problem. Sits at number five in the ring rankings. Do you think that's justified? I mean, in terms of skill set and the problems he could cause all these heavyweights and the performances he had against Wilder in those fights, the success he had, possibly. But in terms of the names on his record, the wins on his record, probably not. Really, his best win is Bryant Jennings, who is a B-category fighter. Who is Luis Ortiz beat in that top 10 Rin Magazine ranking that we're looking at now? Yes, he performed well against Deontay Wilder and gave him problems, but ultimately he fell short. It's hard for me to justify him being above Andy Ruiz. Now, sure, Ortiz went and knocked out his last opponent in 45 seconds or whatever, but who was it? It was Alex Flores. Who the fuck is Alex Flores? I couldn't tell you. Maybe you mean that's, that's the name I was looking for. That's maybe, the name. Maybe you can terrible. me, Mike. Yeah, exactly. But Ruiz, as overweight and as lackluster as he has seemed against AJ in the last fight, he went there and he, if we're calling, you know, say Fury 
AJ and Wilder, these sort of A-star category fighters, these elitists of the elite. Ruiz went there and beat one of them. Do you know what I mean? He got it done. Sure, he, he lost in the in the rematch, but he did the one thing that Ortiz really couldn't do. So in my mind, you know, it, it depends. Are you as good as your last fight or are you are we doing this to depending on sort of the legacy and the records, really? Um I don't know. It's 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 definitely up for up for debate. But for my money, I think Ruiz deserves to be higher. I agree with you, mate. I think you're absolutely spot on. Luis Ortiz, like I said, he he hasn't got that credible win on his record, in my opinion. He's got all the skills, and on his day, I think he could perhaps beat boxes outside of that AJ Wilder Fury bracket. I think he could probably get success at the you know on his day. Mm-hmm. However, the facts are he hasn't got a win against any of those, and for me. You're right. I think he doesn't deserve to be higher than an Andy Ruiz, in my opinion. Okay. Moving on. Coming in at number four, back to Britain, it's Dillian White. Got a big fight coming up against Alexander Povetkin on Saturday, March 27th. Mike, can Dillian get it done in the rematch? I believe he can, but the tactics have got to be... They've got to be adjusted a bit. I think in... In that fight with Povetkin, he was busting him up, really, let's be honest. He knocked Mm. him down. He was battering him, let's be honest. And what happened was Dillian White, he got too excited and he walked in to the experience and ferocious uppercut of Alexander Povetkin. That's what happened. He got excited. He tried to take him out. He thought his man was hurt. And experienced Alexander Povetkin dipped to that left side and gave him an uppercut straight from the gods. And that's all. (laughs) That's all they wrote. And that's what happened. And I think in the rematch, Dillian White's got to make sure that doesn't happen. He's got to stick behind that jab. He's got to do what he was doing prior to him getting excited and overeager. If he has to win boring, he's got to win boring. Stay behind that jab. You're the bigger man. Use your attributes and beat the older bloke who is more experienced than you. Mm. But the man you also had a lot of success against prior to that knockout. There's no doubt in my mind that Dillian's the better boxer, but it's just that we've got to deal with a contempt with a psychological barrier as well now, though. He's already been knocked out, knocked out badly by Povetkin. Sure, White's been knocked out before and come back, as we saw with the AJ, the AJ fight. Do you think that'll play a factor going into this one? In terms of rebuilding after a w- I mean, getting knocked mean out a- badly by Povetkin, and do you think pulling yourself back together? It's only his second loss in his professional career. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really tough one, really, because it was a bad knockout. He was knocked out cold, Dillian White, and I am starting to suspect, you know, these heavyweights, let's be honest, a heavyweight top 10, especially in the Rim Magazine rankings, can bang, let's be honest. And it can happen to any of these boxers. We've seen it with AJ Ruiz. We've seen it with Wilder against Fury. Any, any one of these guys, if they land clean, there's a good chance they're going to get knocked out. However, I think Dillian White's situation... Like you said, he has recovered from a bad knockout before. Mm. So if you can if you can recover from that previously, you could probably do it again. However, psychologically, it's probably going to play play a bit on your mind, I think. Sometimes to win a fight, you do need to kind of take risks and plow forward and try and hurt your man. And against someone like Povetkin, who's so experienced and who's kind of been there and done it, you need to take your chances and 
I think that's what Dillian White kind of thought in that first fight. I think he thought that, He's you know, I've got, my man hurt, I've got my man hurt here and if I don't take him out now, mm. I could get done later in the stretch. The so it's of- a really hard one. Does, does Dillian White, if he hurts him again, does he plough forward, try and take him out or does he take his time and allow Pavekin to recover? But this way, it's such a tough one. Povekin's given him something to think about to carry that power after getting knocked down yourself, after you'd have know, been pushed up against it. It's always going to be lingering in the back of your minds. For the sake of this podcast, and I suppose it's inspiring a little bit of debate, I want to entertain the idea that White gets it done against Povekin. Now, White's been knocking on the door of these, let's say, A star fighters for so long, mandatory challenger for the WBC for over a thousand days. What do you think White will have to do to get in to these A-star fights going forward? Well, first of all, he needs to beat Vekin. Oh, for the sake of his career, for the sake of him maintaining mm. his pay-per-view main event status, he needs to beat Vekin. See, in order to get... he's been ch- He chased Deontay Wilder for a very long time. Let's not forget that. It was over a thousand days he was mandatory for the WBC. Is Deontay Wilder going to want to take the risk against Dillian White if he's not a pay-per-view main event attraction? Now, my other question is, if Dillian White loses to Alexander Povetkin again, is Dillian White a pay-per-view fighter still? If I'm honest, I don't think so. I think the reason why Dillian White was pay-per-view in the first place is because people saw him as the best, arguably the best, sorry, outside of your big three, I would say. And plus, you know, he's as game as anyone. He wants to fight everyone. He's a warrior. Like, he just wants the big fights, doesn't he? So in other words, he needs to win the Povetkin fight at all costs to maintain his pay-per-view main event status. And then really, he just needs to be given his chance. He needs the chance to fight one of these guys to prove himself that he belongs. Or Wilder the man? He's better. If I had to pick a fight for him next with Fury and AJ being potentially tied on for the next two years, Deontay Wilder is the fight for him. Wilder's sitting at number one in the WBC rankings. White's been pumped all the way down to number six now, though. Did you think Wilder would want that fight? I mean, if it's on pay-per-view? You know, would the, do you reckon the money would entice him, win him over? Or do you reckon he's willing to sit it out for a potential rematch with Fury or, you know, AJ, depending on how that fight goes? I think, well, it really depends. I don't know Deontay Wilder in person, but I think it makes sense for Deontay Wilder to fight Dillian White for sure. Yes, Dillian White is ranked number six, as you said, and he's ranked number one. But if you look at the fighters below Deontay Wilder, do they make him more money? Than fighting Dillian White? I don't think so. Dillian White will sell that fight. Though imagine the press conferences with Dillian White and Deontay Wilder. <laughs> it would be insane. For me, Typical that's characters. the problem. Yeah, I mean, with AJ and Fury tied down, that's probably... That's the money fight. Arguably the second best fight in the division. I don't know. Arguably. If we're going to go arguably. down sort of a fantasy route here. Most marketable. In Britain, probably most marketable, I think. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of Brits will get behind that. Mm. the problem with uh, Dillian White is he's okay so he's ranked number 6 by the WBC I don't think he's ranked at all he's not ranked by the WBA IBF or WBO or if we want to entertain the idea even further Alexander Usyk and Joe Joyce fight it out for the WBO 
interim title, Joe Joyce versus Dillian White is a sexy fight to make. All British heavyweight bouts to determine who is the number three in Britain. And then, then that fighter will have one foot in the door to fight the winner of AJ and Fury. What do you think about that? Yeah, like like you said, Dillian White and Joe Joyce would be a very sexy fight indeed. I think just going back to um, Dillian White in the rankings, that he's only ranked with the WBC or something. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, for Dillian White, I don't think the rankings um, that matter that much for Dillian White. Mm-hmm. I think everyone knows, most people know who Dillian White is. Like I yeah. said earlier, he's a pay-per-view attraction. He's got Eddie Hearn. In my opinion, Eddie Hearn is probably the biggest promoter in the world right now. He's got AJ and Canelo. They're the two biggest draws in boxing. I'd agree. At the moment. Eddie, if listen, outside of AJ and Fury, I think Eddie Hearn is capable of getting Dillian White any fight he wants. He's got Dillian White all these big fights in the past, previously. Mm. And he, apart from Wilder, the only one he has managed to get is Wilder. But I think there was more politics involved. That's why mm. that didn't happen. But I think White is capable of getting uh, any fight, really, um, under Eddie Hearn. If, if the money's right, Dillian White will get the fight. Um, in terms of the Joe Joyce Dillian White fight, yeah, I mean that would be fantastic. That would be a really good fight. Um, I think it's a bad fight with Dillian White stylistically, though. I really do. Um, if I was Dillian White, I'd probably try and avoid that. I would. If I was him, I would try and get that Deontay Wilder fight instead of fighting the winner of Joyce Usyk. Mm. While, while you're, especially if he comes through Povetkin, while your stock is reasonably high. I wouldn't go for that, even if there's a WBO interim belt on the line. Listen, he if he beats Povetkin, he's a WBC interim champ. So I would try and stay away from the WBO interim winner if I was him, because both of those guys are very capable of beating him. So if I was him, I would chase that Deontay Wilder fight or even, I don't know, st- st- stick around long enough to potentially get the AJ Fury winner. Because I think if he wins that interim WBC belt, very likely to be mandatory for that fight anyway. You could challenge for the WBA against Mablu Char as well. WBC interim and WBA regular champ on the line. It's only I mean, up more doors for you, surely. Uh, I mean, in t- if he really, really wants to be a world champion of any sort, hmm. then go and fight Char. <laughs> Do you know what I mean if you really want to be a world wrong. champion? I don't want to but... see that fight, but for the sake of his career, for the sake of adding another quote unquote title. Yeah. I mean, in the history books, you'll go down as a WBA regular champ, but if you really want those money fights, which I think is more important, the money than the belts for Dillian White, don't don't fight Manuel Char. No one's going to give you credit for it. Yeah, you'll be a WBA regular champ, but everyone knows it's a bullshit belt. That's what it is. Do you reckon he can make bridge weight? No chance in hell. <laughs> Have you seen the size of Dillian White? Did you not see Mate. Dillian White? Hang on. Did you not see the Dillian White on the undercard of the um, Ruiz-AJ fight? He was massive. He was like 20 stone. You, you were talking about bullshit titles and it just slipped out. I'm sorry. He's too big for bridge weight. He's massive. <laughs> Dillian, Dillian White is huge. I've seen Dillian White in person. The guy is massive. <laughs> okay. Does he deserve to be where he is? Yeah, I do. I think he does deserve to be ranked that top five in the Rim magazine for sure. Listen, he, he's beaten Oscar Rivas and Joseph Parker, who are both in that top 10. And he's fought AJ. You know, he lost to AJ, got knocked out. But he's fought three of those guys who were in the top 10, beat two of them, and 
and lost one of them and lost to arguably, well, you know, he could be the best one, AJ. We don't know yet, do we? He could be the best of the bunch. So mm. for sure, for me, Dillian White has to be in that top five all day long. No, no, no debate for me. He's in there. Okay, then coming in um, number three, the man who beat the man. It's the Russian Alexander Povetkin, also 41 years old, much like Luis Ortiz, another one of the oldies. My thing with Alexander Povetkin is Povetkin for both Vladimir Klitschko and AJ, (laughs) these fights would have made him already rich beyond his wildest dreams. What are you holding out for? at 41 years old. What, what is there left for you to do? Are you realistically going to get another title fight? I know you're WBC interim champ, but are you going to hold out for that? Does anyone want to see that? What do you, where do you think he goes in his career now, Mike? Do you know what? I think with Povetkin, he's just a warrior. I think he generally loves to fight. I really do. So? He wouldn't be fighting... If, if he didn't love to fight, he wouldn't be fighting nowadays. Let's be honest, this guy isn't skint. He, he broke like the Russian bot in pay-per-view records and he made I think he has the biggest purse ever from a Russian boxer I think it was 5.8 million to, to fight Klitschko that was just for Klitschko let's also don't forget he fought AJ at Wembley in a pay-per-view event that must have done decent numbers let's be honest as well he's also fought Dillian White at a pay-per-view card which must have made he must have made at least a couple of mil from that and now he's got a rematch and now he's got a rematch, and the fight's even bigger than the than the first one. Exactly. So, so you know, I'm not going to say it isn't for the money because it clearly is. This guy obviously thinks I'm still good enough to compete with these top guys. Mm. Why not try and make as much money as possible? I still enjoy the sport. I still enjoy fighting. Not sure if he enjoys the training. Uh, I don't know him personally. So at his age, the training must be uh, must be difficult for him at, at his age. But I'm, I'm sure he probably trains smarter rather than harder now. Mm-hmm. However, the guy clearly showed in his last fight he is still capable of beating these guys if they're not 100%, if they take risks that are necessary. He also gave AJ problems, I remember. I think he broke AJ's nose in the fight, um, in their fight. Yeah, I, I mean, Klitschko, he was pretty, he's pretty dominated. I think he was knocked down four or five times in that fight. But, you know, this guy, he's only lost to AJ and Klitschko, as you said, and any other contender they put him in with, he's beaten. So this guy still fancies his chances against anyone, and he thinks, why should I retire if I could still beat these top contenders? Maybe there's another world title fight left in me. And you know what? Your question was basically what the motivation was for Vetkin. Where does he go? I'll give you a, I'll give you a fun fact, actually. He was the WBA regular champion. So that's not the full version of the WBA title. It's what Mahmoud Chow is, huh? Yes. So yeah. the two fights he had that were for the full version of the belts were against AJ and Klitschko. And there was only losses. So maybe he wants redemption and thinking, if I get my next shot at that full version of the world title and win, then I'll go down as a proper world champion. And maybe that's the motivation for him. Maybe. I'm not sure because he's 40, 41, 42. He's 41 maybe he now. just wants as much money as he can. Maybe that's what the maybe that's probably most likely answer. But I'm just giving I'm just giving you kind of my views on what could potentially be his motive at the moment. That's the problem with Povekin is that he is still competitive. He is still doing the job. I mean, he, you know, he knocked out Dillian White. He's still doing the business at this elite level. I just feel like 
him and both him and Ortiz, sure they're they're good gatekeepers into these into these top bracket fights, but do you think they're holding up the division somewhat? I mean, I think with Povetkin, I think it's quite unfair to say that because they've they've put him in ultimately with a top ten guy mm. and he's not in spark out. So how can we say that he's holding the division up? Because apart from AJ and Klitschko is retired, everyone else they've put in front of him, he's he's dealt with, hasn't he? So, you know, this guy wants a fair crack like everyone else. He's he's beaten as many fighters as he can that, that they put in front of him. So I think he's better than a gatekeeper personally. I think if you want a world title shot, then you need to go through someone like Povetkin. In my eyes, that isn't a gatekeeper. That's a genuine contender you're beating. A gatekeeper for me is someone like beating Chisora to get you in the top 10, not a world title well, shot. I mean, there's, Does that make there's sense? Gate, there's gatekeepers to different brackets, isn't there? There's, there's I guess, yeah. Chisora, who's a gatekeeper to the top 15, but then you've got those like Ortiz, those like Povetkin, who if you beat them, then you're basically calling for a title shot. That will put you in that that elite bracket where you're looking to contend. I don't know. I just don't see Povetkin ever really. Ch- and I, I enjoy Povetkin as a fighter. He, he always comes. He always comes correct. He'll, he'll put on an entertaining show. I don't ever see him beating one of these elite guys, whether it's AJ Fury or even Wilder. Really, do you know what I mean? I think they're just bad matchups for him entirely. He's of that bracket where you know the short, sort of powerful, carrying a lot of lard. To be honest, and you know they'll they'll tough it out with you but someone like Fury who's just going to dance around you for 12 rounds I don't ever see him I don't ever see Povetkin cracking that code um, I think um, I think against AJ like I said earlier he, he had quite a lot of success in that fight so it really depends on how game one of those three are on the day if they're not 100% I think Povetkin you know has a chance especially as someone like Wilder who technically isn't as good as Povetkin in my opinion and if Wilder gets emotionally involved and opens up a bit, I, I think he could walk onto a good shot of Povetkin. I think Povetkin could cause him trouble. However, if I had to put money on him against any of those top three, I agree with you. I don't think uh, Povetkin wins those fights. Is but he, he has ranked? a chance. I give him a chance. Is he ranked fairly? Yes, I think he is. Because uh, for me, Dillian White was easily top five in that division and he completely iced Dillian White. He destroyed, well, he didn't destroy him, but, you know, he knocked him out badly. So for me, that catapults him up there. If you've got the win over the man, then you're in there. However, going back to the point of Andy Ruiz, who has the win against one of those top three fighters and was a legitimate world champion, not just a world champion, a unified world champion mm-hmm. held free of the major belts. Povetkin has never done that. He's held the regular belt. Does he deserve to be ranked higher than Andy Ruiz? Arguably. Probably probably not. I don't think he does. If the Povetkin that showed up against White in his last fight shows up against the Ruiz that showed up against AJ in their last fight, there's no doubt in my mind that I think Pebekin takes it to him. Ruiz was overweight in that fight. And, you know, when your best asset is your hand speed and your foot speed and your ability to sort of bob in, in, in and out, 
it's uh, that's that's the argument that you have to make when when evaluating these two fighters. I think you're only as good as your last fight, and I suppose Ruiz <laughs> really wasn't the uh, wasn't the man we thought he was. One last question: Who would you like to see Povetkin fight? If you're uh, from a, from a pan from a fan's point of view, to be honest with you, I'm going to say something. If you say no, actually, no, 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 yeah, yeah, actually, do you know what? I was going to say something really boring, and I was going to say, do you know what, Povetkin? He's 42. He's made a lot of money. I would like to see him retire. I was going to say him really boring then. Yeah. However, however. however <laughs> my man, Michael Hunter, <laughs> deserves his rematch. Let's have, let's get it on again. It's a terrible fight for Vetkin at this stage of his career. There's, he, he probably should stay away from Hunter, you know, but for, for, as a Michael Hunter fan, I would like to see Michael Hunter get that rematch and put things right and get the win over Povetkin. Povetkin's not better. Exactly. One. But it's extremely unlikely. Um, but just to answer your question, who I would like to see him fight next would be Michael Hunter. Uh, providing, provides whatever happens really with Dillian White, I would like to see him fight Michael Hunter. Getting up to that elite level now, coming in at number two. It's the biggest crybaby in championship boxing. <laughs> it's the bronze bomber. It's Deontay Wilder. We know he has a rematch clause with Fury. Do we see that happening? Do we see that playing a factor going into the future? Or is there even is there even a market for wanting to see that fight now? With potentially two fights, that gun's happen with AJ and Fury uh, probably within the next 18 months or so. I can't see it happening, really, to be honest with you. I I think Fiore had been quoted to say recently that they tried, you know, after that second fight with Wilder, they tried everything they could to make that trilogy happen while it was contracted within that time frame the supposed contract was running for, and it didn't happen. And, of course, the amount of excuses, like you said, Wilder made after the fight with Fury, I mean, that's created a bit of bad blood and animosity between the two. And I think Fiori's thinking, why should I give this guy another rematch when he's basically making out I'm cheating, mm. other things are happening with him. I can't really see that trilogy with Fiori happening anytime soon unless, you know, Fiori just wants to continue fighting after the AJ, after the AJ saga and Wilder looks shit hot going into those, you know, have a, a big couple of wins. That's in that bit. time frame, that makes sense, and the and the fans demand it. If people actually think the world actually has a chance against Fury again, then maybe it could happen. I'm not sure. That's though. the thing. He Wilder. It appears if you take away every excuse that he's thrown at the fight, Wilder got beat so decisively, I and mean, it really kind of it appears that the writing was on the wall. He seemed to be found out. Fury really pressed him, couldn't fight on the back foot and just never really got off the grounds, really. I think you're right. I think he needs he needs to go out there and demonstrate and make us remember who he is, basically. He needs to go out there and get some good wins under his belt and make himself look and win those fights well before he can start calling out these A-star fighters again. But when you're sitting at number one in the WBC rankings... Who do you really want to fight? Do you know what I mean? Do you really want to risk a fight 
fighting Usyk, fighting or potentially fighting Ortiz again, for the sake of you know what what do you gain from 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 those situations? Having said that, if it's money he's after, there are some tasty tasty fights out there for Deontay Wilder in this division at the moment. Again, we talked about Dillian White and you know what why we thought that might be might be marketable. But as we said in the first episode, you've got Andy Ruiz Jr. floating about now. He didn't look particularly special in his last fight. If these two can get a bit of publicity, get a bit of momentum going behind them, they could sell that fight 10 times over, as far as I know. And even if you don't want to touch him, there's always Michael Hunter floating about that that number eight mark in the Ring Magazine rankings. Let's find out who is the best American, all-American fighter in the heavyweight division. Um, what, what, do, do you think he, he's after the money fight now, or do you reckon he's just got his eyes set on a title? If he wants to pursue his career, with the, all the belts potentially tied up again for the next two years or so, it's got to be about the money. What else is the motivation for him if all the belts are tied up? And for me, there's two men who can make Deontay Wilder a lot of money, and they're not boxers. On one hand, there's Eddie Hearn, who can offer Deontay Wilder a lot of money to fight Dillian White, providing he comes through the Povetkin fight. If you show Deontay Wilder the money, you will get him in that ring, in my opinion. The other, the other man is Deontay Wilder's advisor, Al Heyman. Al Heyman also manages Andy Ruiz as well. Get... Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz one fight each before they fight each other. So set up a collision course, build it up, get them to call each other out and then make the big money fight. Mexico versus America. The two top guys in North America mm. at heavyweight. Get them fighting each other. Get both former world champions. One's been beaten by Fury. One's been beaten by AJ. These guys could be regarded, the winner of that could be regarded as the next best thing after those two and could also get the shot and disputed next because they might be the more marketable after they both fought each other. That makes a lot of sense. So these two promoters I've mentioned, they need to get that money out to get Deontay Wilder in the ring, in my opinion. Because Deontay Wilder made a lot of money in those fights with Fury. I think Deontay Wilder does want to be a world champion again, but he needs to sell himself and he needs the right fights. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I remember him talking in the Joe Rogan podcast about sort of his start in boxing. And it was basically because I think he wanted to play basketball, but in order to play basketball, you have to go to college. So his his, uh, natural sort of, progression was to go into boxing where you don't need the college system to perform but he said it was just for the sake of providing for his daughter so if if that if he still holds that mentality and he's still got that hunger for making as much money as possible Andy Ruiz is definitely definitely the right way to go do you like that stylistically though yeah I think yeah, I think I think so. I think Deontay Wilder's got quite a lot of advantages going into that fight. He's got the height, he's got yeah. the reach. 
I think he's an awkward style for Andy Ruiz. You know, Wilder's very unorthodox. He's very dangly and he doesn't really throw, he doesn't really box to the kind of technique that you would advise your child <laughs> to kind of box, but he pulls it off. It's, it's worked for him every time. And it's very hard to prepare for Deontay Wilder. There's no one you can really get like sparring wise to prepare for Wilder. And I think, I think, but also I do think for Ruiz as well, it's kind of a good matchup because that could, that lack of technique could kind of work in Ruiz's favour. I mean, Ruiz could kind of expose Wilder as well. If you look at the uh, second fight uh, against Fury, if you put Wilder on the back foot, he doesn't really know how to cope with it. And Ruiz he can't only really knows how to fight one way. He's only going exactly, to Exactly, 100%. 100%. You're spot on. Press him. Yeah. That's it. And Ruiz has got a good chin as well. He's never, I've never really seen Ruiz really hurt. Um, apart from, you know, AJ knocked him down, but then he got straight back up and took it to AJ. So, yeah, but I don't know, something about Wilder, man. There's a lot of fighters who fought Wilder and thought, oh, he has a good chin. <laughs> and he, he, I look make at, you doubt yourself. I look at Ruiz and Wilder, and I, I think it's a genuine 50 50, in my opinion. Mm. I really do. I don't think there's a favorite in that fight. Personally. Again, it all depends about the Andy Ruiz that shows up, but. If you, yeah, if the, the best Ruiz against by, the best Wilder is 50 50. It's, it's definitely the fight to make. Coming in at number two, do we agree with that, Mike? So, yeah, so, um, yeah, Wilder, I think, fairly sits at number two. He was world champion for a long time. Yeah. I can't see he, him anywhere else, to be honest. If he, yeah, he, I mean, I don't see how Dillian White would go ahead of. Of Wilder, don't think Povetkin would go ahead. Go ahead of Wilder. The only two men who I could confidently say are better than Wilder are Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. I think again, Andy Ruiz might make a case because he's beaten one of those guys and he held three belts at one point. But it's the fact that he won the belt then didn't defend it. The difference is Deontay Wilder had a legitimate world title. And defended it like eight or nine times, something like that. Okay, so for our final two, seeing as they are both the champions of the division, I think it's probably best if we analyze these two together. It's fellow Brits, Anthony Joshua and Tyson, the Gypsy King Fury. Who's the underdog going into that fight, Mike, in your opinion? Well, I think based on... Tyson Fury's victory over Deontay Wilder, the way he dominated him and really took those took that belt away from him. I think you've got to say uh, Anti Joshua is the underdog for sure. I think Anti Joshua has looked quite vulnerable the last couple of years. Obviously, Ruiz knocked him out in their first fight, played it really safe in the rematch, which suggests was he being a bit overly cautious at times? Is is a suspected? Has he got a suspected fragile chin, maybe? We're not sure. Also against Pulev, he had Pulev hurt early in the fight, but he didn't really jump on him straight away, which is quite strange. I don't know if he was being overly cautious because of what happened with Ruiz. Because obviously when Ruiz locked him down the first time, he had just knocked Ruiz down. Ruiz had got up and took the fight to him. So maybe he was overly cautious due to that. And I just think there's more of um, I think there's more of an invincibility in Tyson's mind than, than than AJ at the moment. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, every time I see see Tyson Fury in interviews now, he seems so sort of zen. Do you know what I mean? Compared to the guy who beat Klitschko all those years ago, 
he just seems he's already won in my eyes. I mean, he came back from weighing over four hundred pounds, got himself down, and won the WBC back. He's already got this legendary status as one of the all-time greatest boxers in my mind. Maybe not one of the best all-time greatest boxers, but one of the all-time greatest fighters. If you know what I mean, the, like the distinction that the guy who came back from you know sort of the pits of depression and obesity and just came back and did it all it's one of the best comebacks in sports in history never mind boxing history if you if you're going to kind of evaluate their records to date i think aj has the better quantity of opponents out there he has the more more contenders but if you look at the quality of wins for example when fury beat klitschko klitschko was the 10-year unbeaten champion he was the lineal champion he was the man in that division, although there was another belt out there. Mm. Klitschko held three of them, but he was the man, let's be honest. If you if you were going to be number one in the heavyweight division, you have to beat Klitschko. There was no argument about that whatsoever. And then he also, he did that abroad in Germany. And then you also, he also went to America to fight Wilder twice. And mm. really, he beat him twice. Obviously, the first one was a draw, but for a lot, for my money and for all the experts as well, they all, they all said Fury really gave him a boxing lesson, just didn't get the decision. It was even though he was knocked robbery. down twice. Wilder didn't win a single round apart from the ones he knocked Fury. Apart down. from the knockdowns, yeah, that's even it. the last um, round. Even though he almost put Fury out, Fury went on to win the rest of that round. <laughs> you know I mean? and, and I just think what I'm trying to go on to really is is those two wins, Wilder and Klitschko, probably trump all of AJ's wins. Really, even though against, even though he has more quantity of opponents, if that makes sense. He's fought more contenders. No, Fury's out for so long as well. Do you know what I mean? But it's... Yeah. I think looking back on their careers, sure, you might talk about more quantity and stuff like that, but people will only ever remember the big fights. I mean, the, the casuals will only ever really remember, you know, the, the Wilders versus Furies, the, the Klitschko's versus AJ's. All of the rest just seems like filler. Uh, well, will will look like filler compared to compared to um, sort of those those, those big ticket fixtures. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it, it's hard for me to contend whether looking at that last fight, it's hard for, for me to contend whether who the underdog will be going into that. I honestly don't think that the AJ that showed up against Ruiz in the first fight at MSG was the AJ we, we come to know and expect. There was rumours of him getting knocked out in sparring in the run-up to that fight, rumours that he was asked to pull out, but Hearn insisting that the fight go ahead. Whether or not believe that, you know, it, it is what it is. But on, on the opposite end of that, it's hard for me to really evaluate how well AJ came back from that because I don't think we saw him against the same opponents in Ruiz because Ruiz was out partying the weeks before the fight was what did show up 20 pounds overweight. Sure. He, you know, he did that. He did the business over Pulev. He looked, I, I thought he did fine in that fight. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not going to hold it against him for not going for the kill. Still put him to bed at the end of the day. For me, it's still hard to sort of evaluate the effect that that loss on Ruiz will have had on him because on his, on his day and, uh, and AJ is absolute money. Um, and I don't think it's, there's a lot of people saying, oh, Fury's going to batter him. I don't think it's quite as clear cut as it no, is. But if, if, if I was AJ though, and I don't think for the sake of keeping their, any kind of credibility in, in, in boxing in the heavyweight division, I think the fight absolutely ha- needs to happen next. But if I was AJ, 
I think another tune-up fight, another one of these, you know, if he's got a, a WBO mandatory challenger or, or whoever, someone who, you know, just to tune up the, that little bit before he gets fed to the Lions, before he has to go and fight Fury, would probably do him the world of good. But um, again, the fight has to happen now. There's there's nothing left for them to, to, to prove otherwise. See, I kind of... Um disagree with you on that one I think it's actually Fury who needs the tune-up fight going in surprisingly because Fury last fought against Wilder a year ago now in February whilst AJ's had the more recent uh, fight against Pulev and Fury always kind of makes up that activity is so important in boxing he recently said that he believes Billy Joe needs a tune-up before he fights Canelo and you know he can't say that when he's going to go into the AJ fight potentially without a tune-up fight and as you said as well, like, I don't think it's as, it's as clear cut as people are making out. People think that all Fiori needs to do is turn up and he pretty much boxes AJ's ears off. But, you know, I think if AJ came in with a gay pl- game plan of just to sit on Fiori's chest from the first round and really take the fight to him, it could be very interesting. Because if he allows Fiori to kind of get into his rhythm and use his natural boxing ability, I think AJ will be chasing the fight. And it'll be very hard for AJ to make the adjustments to kind of win that fight. Mm. So it's very, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting fight. And like you said, it, it, need, it needs to happen next. It really does. Both in their prime. Um, I was going to say both undefeated, but actually AJ <laughs> um, does have a loss, but he has avenged it. But exactly. you know, they, but they are both hundred percent in their primes now. No matter how you look at their records, and no it does reason. need to happen next. It depends on uh, Fury's intentions going past this fight. I mean, they again they could sign on for two fights they could sign up for three if they're both too wildly contested yeah but um it, it has to happen now no, no, no doubt about that um how do you foresee the fight going if i gave you 50 pound note i said back the winner where would you put your money mike it's really hard for me to bet against tyson fury because of the wins he's got on his record like to be honest i i think he, he was such a big underdog against klitschko there's nothing that I saw in Fury's career prior to that Klitschko fight that would suggest he would beat Klitschko and he got the job done. And then Wilder, I actually, I rated, I've always rated him higher than Wilder, but I just, both of those fights, I just didn't fancy him. Just one due to the inactivity and the comeback he had. It just seemed too much to go straight in against Wilder. I know he had the two comeback fights. Don't doubt it. But ultimately, the levels he went up from, I think, it, I can't remember who he fought against Wilder, but the level he went up from that comeback fight to Wilder was just ridiculous. And, you know, he set to the occasion, got the draw. He still looked a bit over. Look at the physique he showed up for the first Wilder fight compared to the second one. Yeah. But then, the and then in the rematch against Wilder, for some reason, I just didn't fancy him either. I just thought Wilder was going to put it right and... Mm. Walk him onto a shot. I think. I think. Fury, I thought Fury's going to be. Um, I didn't think he'd approach the fight like he did. To be honest, I thought he'd do the same thing and try and outbox Wilder again. And Wilder would eventually get to him, and this time, knock him out when he gets the chance. But you proved me wrong. So it's really hard for me to go against Fury. I don't think you can bet against him. You really can't. And he's undefeated, and he finds a way to win. Or like, he always makes the right adjustments. Even like against Steve Cunningham, mm. he got knocked down in that fight, and he bit on his gum shield and turned into a dogfight and found a way to win. Like, that's absolutely what he does. Right. You're absolutely right. He always finds a way to win. If I had to, as I was posed with the same question, I mean, I'd have to just look at their last fights. For, for my money, Fury's win against Wilder back in February 2020. Best performance of his career. 
undoubtedly. It was punch perfect. It's punch perfect. It was the perfect performance. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't ask for any better. AJ just looked a little bit shaky, I guess. Against uh, yeah. took took a little while to ease into it back in front yeah. of the British fans, but got the job done. Yeah, um, I think I think AJ looked great against Pulev as well. But I just think, like you said, there was it just wasn't quite the punch perfect performance Fury had against Wilder. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, like you said, if you based on their last performances, you, you probably have to go with Fury all day and the level, the level he fought at. You know, like we said earlier, Wilder is. That A that A category for us. Category, and, and Fury yeah. demolished him. Demolished him. Okay, so Mike, the big question to round out this week's episodes. How do you rank them overall? Do we do we agree with the ring rankings? Do we do we uh do we have any objections? So we got just to just to reiterate, we got Luis Ortiz sitting at number five, the Cuban. Number four, we've got Dillian White. Number three, we've got Alexander Povetkin, the, the victor over White last year. Number two, we've got Deontay Wilder. Number one, we've got AJ and the champion sitting at the top. We've got Tyson, the Gypsy King, Fury. How do you foresee that, Mike? How do we rank it up on Earth? Okay. On Earth Clinch. So, my rankings for if I was in charge of the Rim Magazine heavyweight rankings, so I'd have Fury sitting at the top. He is the Rim Magazine champion, after all. Mm-hmm. So for me, he sits at the very top. I've got AJ behind him. He is, you know, AJ could be the best in division. We still don't know until he fights Tyson Fury. But for me, easily behind Fury in that those rankings. Behind AJ then, I've got Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. I think he was the man. He's only lost to Fury. He was a champion for quite a long time. And really for, for, for him to slip down those rankings for me, he needs to get, he needs to get beat again, really. And mm-hmm. that's why, for me, he stays where he is. I've got Andy Ruiz next in those rankings. I know we haven't discussed Ruiz, yeah. but I've taken Luis Ortiz out of them. And I've got Andy Ruiz sitting at number three mm-hmm. behind Deontay Wilder. Just for the reasons we mentioned earlier, he's got that win against AJ. He's held legitimate world titles. After Andy Ruiz sitting at number four, I've got Alexander Povetkin. He got the win over Dillian White. He's fought some good contenders over the years. He's a veteran of the game. For me, he's top five. And then sitting at number five, I've got Dillian, the body snatcher, White. And I think he's been consistent, White. I think he's been fighting the top contenders out there. Mm -hmm. And I think he deserves to be in that top five. And if or when he beats Povetkin, he will go a place higher for me. Okay. Say we redo this podcast in 2022. Do you foresee any chopping and changing there? White be ranked higher? Okay, so what I see, I see White beating Povetkin going I up to number four. I see it too. I'm convinced it was, I'm not going to say it's a fluke, but i got to think uh, the body snatcher is going to come back and do it for the And boys. hopefully, 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 we see... We see Ruiz against Wilder, and there could be a place swap there mm. in my ranking. Yeah. Not those the official. Three, White, Ruiz, and Wilder, I want to see those lot. I want to see them all yeah. fight one another. Those, If I could have anything, any dream fight out of all of those we discussed today. Rather than really wait that. around and sulk about contracts, mandatories, etc., fight each money, other. You've got to fight the best fights, and that's where it's at for my money. I could see a lot of chopping and changing if they can make those fights happen in the rankings but what about, this what is about boxing. your ranking 
my rankings um yeah. what for 2022 or for this year no for this year who have you got do you agree for this year um absolutely as i said earlier i think andy ruiz is is unjustly ranked in the ring rankings i mean it's fair to criticize his last performance he looked so lackluster but looking at him recently i back him to to creep back up that list get luis ortiz out of there never held a world title never done the than the business over those those top A star level fighters. Um, so he's out. Andy Ruiz, I'll put him... I think there's a case to put, put him in ahead of White and Povetkin, really. Um, which is exactly what I'm going to do. Just 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 for the sake of you creating do that, a debate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he, he's, held, he's held all of the world titles. I think he beat Joseph Parker. I don't think, you know, he was, was another top level fighter. He's had some good wins over those in the division. Yeah, I'll put him, I'll put White in at number five, Pavekin number four, Ruiz number three, Deontay Wilder at number two. But I suspect, I got a feeling Deontay Wilder's going to be a bit lower on the list this time next year. AJ number one, and none other than the Gypsy King sitting at the top of the throne. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good place. For us to see off the way, unless you have any objections, Mike. No objections. Just before we go, did you watch the Joseph Parker Jr. Farr fight by any chance? I did, but you're going to tell me all about it. So it was a very close fight. It was one of the worst fights I've ever seen, just to (laughs) let you know. It it shouldn't be called a boxing match. It should be called the hugging match. Um, The rounds were very difficult to score. I scored some rounds with one of the other being more aggressive or just landing slightly cleaner punches, even a jab or something. Mm. Uh, I had it a draw, but Joseph Parker got the decision, but quite comfortably. Um, one of the scorecards had him 119 to 109 somehow, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. But um, I wouldn't have complained uh, either way. New Zealand got... traditionally corrupt country, Mike. I wouldn't pay much attention to it. Oh, really? Okay, no, no, I was joking. They're like the most... <laughs> <laughs> most, we'll cut that bit out. And well put together country ever. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there we are. It was a crap fight, and Joseph Park got the victory and remains in the mix. Remains in the mix. So, oh, well, maybe we'll hear more from him in the near future. Anyway. Oh, the rumor is he's fighting Chisora next. That's a fight. That is a fight. Um, yeah, Del Boy just always. Oh. Could, could we see. Derek Chisora creep in to that top 10 ring magazine fixture. Be interesting. Interesting. Well, one. yeah. If Der- Imagine that. If Derek Chisora creeped into out, the ring magazine top 10. Can he get out of that gatekeeper status for the for the top 15? Um, hopefully we'll be able to to revisit this some way down the line and see see how our predictions have, have fared. Anyway, but I think that'll do us for, for, for the rest of the episodes. Again, if you like what you heard and you want to support the podcast, please follow us on uh, underscore clinch. That's Y underscore clinch. And turn on notifications to be informed of future episodes. We'll be looking to drop another episode in the very near future. Until then, thank you very much.